0: Hello, this is Pastor Rick, and I have taken a little sabbatical, it looks like, from my podcast and this sort of social media, but I'm back. I've just got to say something. I mean, there's so much that has happened since I last uh, posted or last uh, recorded an episode, and I want to call this pre, mid, or post. Now, those of you that are into eschatology will realize I'm using kind of a little bit of a play on words of premillennialists that believe that Daniel's 70th week is yet to come and that that seven-year period is split into two, three-and-a-half-year sections. And the terminology pre-mid or post has to do with the position chronologically of the expectation of the parousia or the second coming actually the rapture of the church so you have pre-trib which they include the whole seven years as a tribulation period and one is the lesser tribulation and the greater tribulation and i'm not saying uh, whether i agree with that or not i'm just saying that's the standard beliefs then you have the mid that believe that jesus is coming uh in the middle of that seven year period and just in close proximity to the revelation of the Antichrist and or the Mark of the Beast, whether just before or just after or simultaneously with that. That's mid-trib. Then you have post, which is after the whole seven-year period. But all three of them are before the thousand-year reign, the millennium. Now, there's one more. Actually, there's more than one more, but some of the other positions are so uh marginal that there's no real point in getting into them in my opinion but there's one more that's kind of made uh made the headlines i guess you could say in eschatological circles in the last i don't know 20 or 30 years maybe a little more called the pre-wrath theory or position that believe that the wrath of God is the vials only, and that we are not appointed to wrath, First Thessalonians 5, 9, therefore the rapture will take place pre-wrath. But but if you look at it, it's just a, it's kind of in the middle of the last three and a half years. So it'd be uh, mid-mid, mid-mid or mid-post or whatever. I mean, you could you could play with those terms, I guess, but the reason I'm using the uh, the play on words with pre mid and post is I want to talk about pre mid and post Trump um, I just thought it was kind of a novel idea to share with you what I think may happen, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, and you know one time Paul said, Paul said that he believed that he had the Holy Ghost when he was counseling in the Scripture now. It was recorded. The Holy Ghost must have deemed it fit for canon because it was included in the Scripture when Paul was giving marital counseling, I guess you could say. And Paul basically said, uh, I'm saying this, not the Lord. The Lord, in other words, I'm not saying the Lord said this, but I'm saying this, and I believe I have the Lord's support what I'm saying apparently he did because Holy Spirit went ahead and included that in the canon and you can look that scripture up for yourself so I would say this that um, I believe that I have the Lord's support on this because I believe I thought through it I believe I have um, I don't have a witness against it so I could say I have a witness for it but I won't go that far I'll say I won't have I don't have a witness against it I feel pretty good about the general idea of what I'm about to share with you, uh, pre-mid and post-Trump. <laughs> so some people think it's post-Trump right now, you know, and in other words, he's not coming back. Some people think that he is, uh, we're pre-Trump. In other words, 2024 would be the next Trump appearance. And then I'm going to just share with you, I think we're maybe mid We're in the middle of it. And that's a thought that I think is shared by, and I don't know enough about Q to to speak in depth about that, but I think Q followers kind of share that. And then um, devolution followers kind of share that. So I may have some of the tenets of both of those particular viewpoints, expressed in what i'm about to share with you and uh one reason i'm feeling the way i'm feeling about there there's something going on behind the scenes that we do not know and these people i have mentioned think they know maybe more than they uh, know obviously and uh, certainly more than they're gonna know and, but I think all of us that are looking at this objectively, because it is very subjective actually, but I mean, if, if you back up and look at the big picture, some things just make you laugh out loud. I like like Trump's behavior, for instance. Uh, he does not act like somebody that's been impeached twice and being tried uh, with the January 6 uh, deselect committee right now and all the railing accusations for basically five or six years now, all the false statements, Russia hoax, Russia gate hoax, the Ukraine gate hoax, etc. Even the, uh, what was it, Stormy Daniels, who claimed he had an affair with her, and her lawyer, who is up a creek right now, basically in jail, I think. Avenatti, who even claimed he was going to run for president. And uh, they had a solid case against Trump. It completely fell apart because it was false. So, um, this is why I want to share this with you, especially after yesterday's decision by the Supreme Court on the Dobbs case that came up from Mississippi, um, where the state of Mississippi was basically having this beef with the abortion clinic and the state of Mississippi um, said viability, well, I don't know if they said viability, but they said that you could not have an abortion after 15 weeks, I think they said. And so the challenge was based on the Ruling in uh, seventy-three Roe versus Wade, said that before viability, or or, uh, before viability, that a woman could have an abortion, regardless of the reason, I guess, and they declared that viability was at twenty-four weeks. So that's what six months viability according to the theory, was uh, when a baby could subsist outside the womb. And supposedly, it was an arbitrary decision by Blackman, Justice Blackman, that he just drew out of thin air. And that was really why the decision for Roe versus Wade was unconstitutional was because it was based on this completely ethereal, um, argument that justice Blackman included in the vote. It seemed like if I remember right, the vote was either seven to two or eight to one, something like that. Can't remember exactly, but, um, and so that has stood for 50 years now. The case in Mississippi, they forbid it after 15 weeks. So that that brings in an altercation between the idea of 15 weeks and 24 weeks. So it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and it's been there apparently for months. And the decision was just made Friday that upheld Mississippi's right to forbid the uh, abortion, um, let's see, after 15 weeks. Now, what happened was, though, it drew into question the whole idea of viability, which was the only leg that Roe versus Wade was standing on. I'm trying to say this in my own vernacular, and I realize I don't have very much legal jargon to, that, to share with you, but hopefully you get the, get the gist of this. So basically... Not only did the abortion clinic want an either yes or no on viability, so also did the state of Mississippi. And that, apparently there were uh, two other um, reasons why this came before the Supreme Court, but the only one the Supreme Court would hear would was the idea of viability. And when they decided... Five to four, that viability was not even a constitutional uh, right or expressed anywhere in the Constitution, then Roe versus Wade was completely annihilated. Now, technicality was um, Justice John Roberts, he agreed with upholding uh, Mississippi's right to not have an abortion before 15 weeks, but he wouldn't go as far as to agree with the other five conservative justices that viability was not constitutional. And again, these are my words. So basically, he wanted to have it both ways, and which just shows you what kind of a justice he's been ever since uh, President Bush... Uh, nominated him. He hasn't been very helpful at all when it comes to conservative causes. And uh, from the article I read, um, Justice John Roberts, Chief Justice John Roberts, really did a similar thing that was done in 1973 and also in 1992 when a case came up to the Supreme Court from Planned Parenthood. There was three instances, including with John Roberts in this last one, where a justice has pulled something out of the air, and it just didn't really hold any water. So it basically doesn't make me think a whole lot of, of John Roberts. Um, so, so he did not vote in favor of striking down Roe versus Wade. So that's why I was wondering why it was 5-4-6-3. I was seeing 6-3, I was seeing 5-4, and then I saw somewhere where somebody said it was both, and it wound up it was both because the case that actually came before the Supreme Court was the Dobbs-Mississippi um, case that challenged Roe versus Wade. And so Roberts wanted to have it both ways, whereas the other five conservative justices said, you know, viability is not an issue. This was a bad decision in 1973 and therefore it goes away with the challenge from the Mississippi case. Um, it is no longer viability is no longer viable (laughs) is the way the article put it as a pun. Okay. So I kind of spent a lot of time with that. Let me get back to what I'm trying to say. A little later on that day, and again, I'm not putting too much water in this. I just want you to know that it happened. Q reappeared after, I don't know, two years or so. And all those that either understand what all that's about, they started salivating and going crazy like, you can't make this up. Now, I'm just gonna lay that aside, but I want you to know that that did happen. Okay, now the euphoria that we all feel, Christians especially, who have been praying and quoting scripture and preaching and teaching and prophesying and um, hoping and reading and litigating for the right to life of the unborn are extremely happy. Whereas the left, those that gain from abortion on demand, because I could stop and, and I will in another episode, i am talk about more about the various views of abortion and what, why it's such a big deal to the demonic left. Um, It's more than just a so-called woman's right to choose. That is, of course, if you know what a woman is, because we're not too sure of that these days if we're not biologists, right? (laughs) But anyway, um, it's more than that that's going on. It's It's a whole industry, as is many other things that are nefarious, evil, and immoral. So tonight, Uh, my understanding is Donald Trump has another rally. Why is he having these rallies? He hasn't even announced that he's going to run in 2024. So back to what my original uh, premise was for this episode. I believe that um, most likely he's going to return before 2024. Um, Patel Patriot thinks it's before the midterms. There are several that think it's after the midterms but before 2024, and then there's others that won't even entertain that possibility because there's no particular constitutional mechanism where he can do that. And that may be true, um, except for the fact that everything was unconstitutional to begin with. So therefore, uh, that's constitutional to do the constitutional thing. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, if... Okay, Let's look at this case here, right here. 50 years later, Jubilee, Pentecost, 50 years later, 50 states, and Roe v. Wade overturned after 60 million-plus babies suffer an ill-fated end, uh, at least as far as their life on earth goes. Um, That shows you right there that if something is unconstitutional, no matter how long ago it was, it can be overturned. It can be overturned. So why couldn't an election be overturned, even if it had been certified. If states start pulling back their electors, enough states saying, you know, our legislatures were not in agreement with the laws that were changed in our state and the frauds that took place um, in the certification of the 2020 election, and therefore we are now decertifying the election. Just like the GOP in Texas, made an official statement that the 2020 election was illegitimate they did that just a week or two ago so that's a pretty big body of people that made an official statement not a few handful of people that were speaking before a microphone but they put that in a document now trump is having these rallies and i believe it's because he's staying before the people He is speaking to the people and he's speaking against everything that the district of corruption is doing. You know, the nefarious evil things and have done and speaking boldly as if he has nothing to lose, everything to gain, and he's fearless. So I I really believe that that is an indicator. Something is afoot. Something is going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know. It's never been done except if you go in the Bible, you find the Adonijah story and you find the Absalom story. And every time you go back and Jonathan Kahn does this quite a bit, he does a better job of it than I do by any stretch. Being Jewish might help him, being a rabbi of course helps him. But uh, I believe the Holy Spirit shows him things. The parallels of the scripture with ancient Israel and America are, you know, spellbounding. Um, So I think you can draw some analogies from those two stories and maybe some others. But the timing doesn't, you know, it doesn't match dot per dot or the parallel is not completely concurrent. Um, It may be a little bit parallel and then there's blank place where there's no particular comparison, and then it picks up again and so forth. So sometimes it's a stretch to take the Bible, a template, and lay it down over America and say, and this is how this is going to happen based on what happened in antiquity and the precedent that was set. But I will say this, you know, there are concepts that are based on principle. There are concepts that are based on principle and those principles are based on values and the character of God and his word, which he watches over to perform. So I, I just, I have a problem with resigning myself to Trump's coming back in 2024 because that would be actually 2025, frankly. He'd have to be elected in 2024. Then he'd have to be certified by congress uh, what january 6th and then inaugurated january the 20th 2025 that's two and a half years from now and that makes him as old or older than joe biden is now now he's in much better shape as far as i can tell except he's a little heavier maybe but he's in much better shape cognitively i think it goes without saying that joe biden maybe has ever been but certainly is now But what's going to happen in two and a half years? Is he going to live that long? You know, I would think he would, but I don't know. Is he going to live that long? Is he going to um, be healthy? Is his wife, Melania, is she going to go along with another run for president? Or... Is he behind the scenes right now? Not in control. You know, some people say, well, he's in control. I think that's what a lot of the people that follow Q think, or at least people think that the people that follow Q think that. You know, whether or not they do or not, it's a whole other discussion. Um, Devolution says, no, he devolved the government into a contingency plan that is based on, um, uh, you know, something that is is in the um i was going to say constitution and i'm going to leave it there but in it is a a contingency plan in the event of uh, a war or something where the government is left incapacitated and therefore it has a way to continue it's called continuity of government it's devolved into smaller groups of various capacities that carry out certain roles and therefore the nation would be able to continue until it could come back together and have the three branches of government again put into place and some people think that's what has happened uh that even though we have the three branches of government it's like uh kim clement prophesied one time and i heard this on youtube i thought that is so surreal so now you have two presidents. What are you going to do? You know, uh, of course, it sounded a lot more compelling than that. Believe me. So anyway, um, I just believe that there is a series of events that are about to escalate or accelerate. I think accelerate would be a better word. They're already in motion. Uh, I'll name a few off the top of my head. These are not the only ones. Some of them I wouldn't know about, so I can't name them. But Durham, John Durham's uh, ongoing pursuit of the truth behind uh, the Russiagate hoax. It is not over. It has been silent since the Sussman verdict. And uh, it didn't turn out the way a lot of people wanted it to turn out. But in the process, they discovered some truths that Hillary was connected to it, for one thing. So that's ongoing. There's uh, the laptop of Hunter Biden that is uh, an ongoing issue. There are um, states that are currently considering the, their election um, integrity systems and the fracture of them, and they're doing what they can. Um, there are arrests taking place. There's uh, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbert that are true to vote, Catherine Ingelbert, uh-huh. Greg Phillips who I'm not really sure who he's with, but he is an Einstein when it comes to um, surveillance and um, data accumulation and the election and the 2,000 Mules movie that was put out a couple, three weeks ago by Dinesh Souza showed uh, how these mules trafficked ballots to these uh, ballot receptacles around these cities, especially the ones in question. And uh, the ballots were illegal ballots and, but they were counted, they were counted as legitimate votes. And that was just, of course, one way that the election was stolen. And this is a very credible um, documentary if you want to go watch it. But Greg Phillips said that in six weeks, and he said this like, I think going on two weeks ago now, so maybe sometime in July, the end of July or the first of August, whatever he says about this is going to happen. Now, what is it? He didn't say. He said in six weeks, we have... If we can get everything lined up, we have hold of something that will make everybody forget about 2,000 mules. Now, as, as impressive and compelling as 2,000 mules is, whatever this is, he says, it's going to be 10 times that. It would completely change everything we've ever thought about our election system. Okay, so I believe that that's happening. Um, now we've got the Supreme Court... I don't know now if it has any more decisions, but it this last week was big with the gun rights uh, decision, with the Roe v. Wade decision, and with some other decisions that were made. So I think they're done for, I don't know when their season comes to an end, how long they have off before they start um, deliberating again, probably a month or two, I'm just guessing off the top of my head, but anyway, So they're there now, one last thing, and I'll get off this particular episode, but one last thing is they're expecting Congress to be completely taken over by the Republicans and not just the Republicans, because then you'd have the rhinos and they're basically, I I could say useless, that might be a hyperbole, but I think I could safely say that in a lot of cases. And sometimes they're, they're, they're enemies. You know, it's like sheep, wolves in sheep's clothing. They're rhinos. (laughs) They're elephants in donkey's clothing. So to speak, they're rhinos. Um, So I'm talking about MAGA Republicans. Make America Great Again Republicans. America First Republicans, as is proven by the Latina lady who won the runoff election there in South Texas in a district that, hasn't voted Republican in maybe up to a hundred years. Just one indication of the red wave that is expected to hit Capitol Hill in November. And the witch's broomstick will be broken. That would be Nancy Pelosi's broomstick. So she would no longer be Speaker of the House. And then the Senate also. So having the Senate, the Supreme Court, and the House of Representatives, even if you had Joe Biden. So I really have one more thing to say after this. Even if you had Joe Biden, it would basically render him into a lame duck president for the final two years. Okay, so I want to come back and revisit that real quick. So I'm just hopping from what I just said to that. Um, because Joe Biden, even though he's not making the decisions himself, he is declining cognitively. It's very obvious and it's an embarrassment. I really don't believe he has control of the nuclear football. I'm not saying Trump has it. I'm just saying that there. it's strange to me, and this is something I left out, it's coming back to me now. With our vulnerability and weakness, on display for the whole world to see, why is it that we have not been attacked directly? Why is it that the things that are happening are happening on the peripheral? And I could get into Ukraine, that's a whole discussion. Why is it that China, who may very well invade Taiwan, certainly they're threatening, Why is it that they don't attack us? Why is it Russia doesn't attack us? Why is it that North Korea doesn't attack us? Why is it that Iran doesn't attack us? Why is it that, and you could say, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. But why is it that not more has happened than has happened already given our vulnerability and the weakness of the guy that's supposedly in the Oval Office right now, or that is in the Oval Office, but certainly doesn't seem to be in control unless there's more going on than we see. I'm just asking. I just think that we have to conclude that, that even as bad as it is, it would be far worse already. We know if, if Hillary had been elected um, and there had been no Donald Trump, we wouldn't have the overturn of Roe v. Wade, for one thing, at this point. It wouldn't have been the justices there to do it. So we've got 300-plus federal judges appointed by Trump. Uh, the expectation of Capitol Hill being taken over, Senate and House in November. The Supreme Court already uh, arguably top-heavy conservative. And then, so back to Joe Biden. Is he going to, is something, is he, you know, I'm not asking that something would happen to him. But I mean, he is old, he could pass away. Um, But let's just move that off the picture. What if he resigns out of humiliation or because he just knows he can't go any further? And he may resign because of pressure if he did. And I think that's a real strong possibility. Okay, what if the 25th Amendment is pulled against him? even by his own party, you know. What if by November, either the 25th Amendment or he's impeached for the terrible damage he's done to this country? So I think there's four ways. Well, it could be five, but four ways there that I mentioned that, and there could be another one. Like I said, I don't know if I'm thinking of all of them. And, I'm thinking three of them. The three three of the four that I mentioned are very strong possibilities. So would Kamala be the president? Nancy wouldn't be after November because she's not going... Well, I mean, it would be after January, right? Because that's when they take their seats, I guess. So there's, there's a lot of months in here where a lot more damage could be done. And that's why I think that there's more that's going to happen that is happening that meets the eye. I just think it just makes more sense because if that doesn't happen, even if they all take their seats in January and Joe or Kamala is uh, still in office for the last two years, There are things that the executive branch does and can do that the legislative and judicial branch cannot do. There's executive orders. There's um, the Department of Justice with the Attorney General. There's all kinds of damage that's ongoing that could be far worse. And I just don't think it's going to, uh, I just don't think it's gonna go that long. Plus I've already pointed out, Would Trump, does he even know for sure? He can't know, how can he know? Only God can know. Now he might come back after that since he's already back, but I just think that there's something in motion to bring him back before then. Okay, yeah, it may be wild. You may have not heard of these things and this may be the first time, but I think you will agree. It's certainly entertaining times, exciting times and urgent and perilous times all at the same time. And I believe that in the next few months, the opportunity for revival has, the signs are here. Um, I'm ready. I believe God's ready. Uh, I'd like to see the people respond in kind. God bless you. I believe I'll quit here for the day. In Jesus' name, bless the people that search and seek for your face and your will especially bless our country and help us lord to recover and have revival in jesus name amen